is up guys my name is marcus and my name is mason and today we're going to be talking about nfl recent news and nba recent news i would like to talk about the news about tim tebow well yeah i mean i think i have a good take on what's about to happen with tim tebow and here is what it is he's not gonna play tight end necessarily more or less, he's not going to be catching a lot of passes. I think he's going to be that position player, like a knockoff Taysom Hill. You know what I mean? He's going to do some running. He's going to do some passing. He's going to do some catching. He's he, he's going to be like a Taysom Hill, like a position player that can really play tons of positions. Yeah, He is basically going to play the athletic position, as most people would say. He's probably going to be involved in tons of trick plays, and I think the only reason the Jags got him is because of Urban Meyer, because that was Tim Tebow's coach at Florida. And I don't see him playing a lot, to be honest. I, I just don't know. I don't think this is a good decision. I don't think that Tim Tebow is going to be any good. I really don't know, you know? Like, yeah. He can be good, he can be bad. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Tim Tebow is probably not going to do any good. I don't see him doing anything. I don't even know why, uh, the Jags will waste their money on someone like Tebow, you know? Well, he's not getting paid too much, you know what I mean? Yeah, but still, you could have went and got out of, like, a rookie free agent that didn't get drafted, an undrafted free agent, and paid him probably less than Tim Tebow's getting paid. And you know, the, that person will probably be They, they than got Tebow because they needed a tight end. Yeah. what? Who's their number one tight end? Eifert? I thought Eifert was released. I don't know. I think it was, I think it's Oh no. Eifert's still there. Alright, so there uh I think that Eifert's still gonna be in that number one spot, but we'll see. Moving on to our week one predictions. Um starting off with the first game, I have the Bills beating the Steelers. Um, yeah, I th- I think so. Yeah, I think everyone kind of has that. Yeah, and then I have the Chiefs beating the Browns, the Dolphins beating the Patriots, the Texans beating the Jaguars, the Ravens beating the Raiders, the Vikings beating the Bengals, the Colts beating the Seahawks, the football team beating the Chargers in an overtime game, the Giants beating the Broncos, the Panthers beating the Jets, the Cardinals beating the Titan- Titans, the Buccaneers beating the Cowboys, the Falcone- Falconeers, the Falcons beating the Eagles, the 49ers beating the Lions, the Rams beating the Bears, and the Packers beating the Saints. So here's what I have. I have the Chiefs beating the Browns, the Pats beating the Dolphins, 
The Jaguars take one over the Texans. The Ravens take it over the Raiders. The Vikings grab a game against the Bengals. The Colts beat the Seahawks. The Chargers beat the football team. The Giants beat the Broncos. The Panthers beat the Jets. And the Titans beat the Cardinals. The Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. The Falcons beat the Eagles. 49ers take uh, one against the Lions. The Rams beat the Bears in a close game. I actually think it'll go to overtime. The Saints will beat the Packers. Mm. Now, for my overtime match, I have the football team beating the Chargers. I think that that's going to be super, super close. They're like... I could see the Chargers beating them, to be honest. They're, like, super – they're, like, so close in skill level. I just feel like that if the football team had a better quarterback – don't get me wrong, Ryan Fitzmagic's good. But if they had a better quarterback other than Fitzmagic, I think that they could be the top ten team in the league. Yeah. Um – Moving on to who is the best young quarterback receiver duo. I have a surprise here. I have Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, very solid season last year. And I think that he's going to turn it up a notch. Him and Debo Samuel, uh, number one and number two receivers. And Trey Lance, I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of this draft class. So, what are we saying by young? Like, how young? You know what I mean? Like, um, we'll say... um, Like, three years or less? Yeah. Four years or less. Okay. So, young quarterback duo. Uh, quarterback wide receiver duo. Some of the ones that pop into my mind would be uh, Trevor Lawrence and LaVisca Chenault. That's I would one. actually, I see that, but I would see Trevor Lawrence and DJ Chark. I I, I didn't remember uh, Chark's experience. He's third year, going into his third year this year. Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah, that, I, then I'd say. Um, but LaVisca Chenault's going to be good, I see it. The Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith, right? They got Smith? Yeah. That that's one. Uh, Tua and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, that that could be dangerous too. I mean, and then you have your your fairly young duos, not too young though. Like uh. You have, like, Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. I know Robinson is more than four years, but he's still fairly young. He's uh, he th- I think he's 30 going into this year. Seriously? I didn't yeah. realize he was 30. Yeah, he's, going in, uh, he's 30 going in this year. I didn't realize that. Um, and then you'll, of course, have your future duos in, like, Kyle Trask and Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. I know they're not they're both like twenty-eight or something. Godwin's still young. Godwin's going into his thirty no fourth year. Oh, I didn't realize he was still yeah, that young. Godwin, so you he have to be going you, into his third year, actually. You have a future no, between year, Kyle Trask and 
Chris Godwin, I could see that becoming something. I don't see – I love Kyle Trask. I love him in college. But I don't think he's going to be that good in the NFL. Me neither. He I'm is just, I'm Brady, just stating my opinions here. Uh, you could you could very well see Sam Darnold in like a DJ Moore or something. Yeah, good too. Overall, who do you think is gonna be the best? Overall, I think uh, <clears throat> right now I'm gonna have to say that <clears throat> uh, the Bengals have the best young wide receiver du- wide receiver quarterback duo. Yeah, they're definitely my number two. And your number one is who? Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, see, I'm not such a fan of Brandon Ayuk. I'm not huge on his potential. If not, then you could go with Trey Lance and Debo Samuel. Samuel's under four years? Oh, yeah, he's going into his third this year. Ah. Uh. I still want to go to Bengals because I don't like really anyone in that San Francisco receiving core. I like Ayuk and Samuel. That's it. What are you dragging on the road? Oh my god, my neighborhood, bro. <laughs> um, top five offenses. So I'll start with my number five. Uh, I'm gonna say the Browns for number five. They, my thing is they have very little experience together, only like one year of experience together. But I still think they can get the job done and be a top five offense. Baker Mayfield, he is showing signs of being that number one pick. Of course, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes or someone like that, but like. <laughs> But um, he's showing signs of being the guy for Cleveland. And, I mean, our wide receiver core, it's good. I mean, I think we should get rid of Odell for, like, a third-round pick. I mean, I'd take that just to get rid of his contract. I think that you guys could get Odell. I think you guys should trade Odell to the Lions. I think – I you, get a, you can get a valuable pick because of the Lions having such a bad receiver core. Yeah, I think we could trade him to the Pats. I think we could get Stefan Gilmore from the Pats for... I don't... I dead don't serious. That. No, dead serious. I think if we pay, like, if we pay the Patriots Odell and we throw a first-round pick, we can take Stefan Gilmore. They're gonna, they're gonna want more for... Stephon Gilmore's the number two cornerback in the league right now. Still, if he see the thing is, you got to look for guys having a down year and then trade for him. Jesus Christ, what are you doing? Okay, so for my number five, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, question is, is between everyone is Aaron Rodgers. Leaving, and the answer is no. There is no zero percent chance Aaron Rodgers leaves. I know he said some stuff, I know that, but he's not gonna leave the Packers. 
I mean, where where is he gonna go? Where is he gonna go? The Broncos? The Vikings. <laughs> the Broncos is probably his number one option. The football team is probably his number two. And I see him staying with the Packers until he retires. Yeah, I think it was just a little bit of scuffle of, like, him being mad and saying that. But, like, yeah, he Aaron Rodgers has always had troubles with the Green Bay staff, you know? Yeah. And he's always with them still. He never leaves. Yeah. And he's not going to leave. He will never. And unless he becomes he a coach in the future and he, he goes and coaches now. a different team. That's my thing. He shouldn't leave now that they have such a good team. Yeah. And the only way I see him leaving is if he becomes a coach in the future and he coaches a different team, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, like, the only chance, in my opinion. Yeah. Your uh, number four offense? Yeah, mine? My number four offense is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, You summed it up. I mean, they're just such a solid offense. They just need a, some receivers to add to Devontae Adams. I like yeah. R- Lazard, but, like, they need a third one there because they pass too much. Yeah, they do. Um. Yeah, I like Marquez. I don't like Marquez. Actually, I don't like Marquez Valdez scaling. If he turns it around this season, then yeah. But I don't really. I see. I think that they should trade him, and I think that they could get a third or a fourth out of him. I I do. Yeah, I, I like Lazard and I like Adams. That's about it on that receiving crew. Going on to my number four, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they brought back everyone. They brought back everyone. I don't know how they did it um, with salary, but they literally brought back everyone. So, yeah, I mean, Brady, um, Leonard Fournette, which he's basically only good in the playoffs, which they do have Ronald Jones, speed demon. Um um, their receiving crew is amazing. Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller turned into Julian Edelman last season. Um, their O line's a top three O line. Yeah, that's basically all need. And they have Gronk and Cameron Bray at the tight end. It's basically all that needs to be said for them. So, going on to my number three, I think I'll have a very big surprise here, and I will tell you why, is the Minnesota Vikings. And I say this because the Vikings look god-tier when you look at their offense. Okay, you may not have the best quarterback, but quarterbacks aren't always the key to success. We've seen it with other teams. You think Jimmy Garoppolo's the reason why the 49ers went to the playoffs? Wait, you also got to look at Case Keenum for the Vikings as well. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So, that's why I think the Vikings can become, I don't know if they'll be three, but I'm going to say they're three. They have Dalvin Cook, top five running back, okay? Maybe even top three. You have Justin Jefferson, top 10 wide receiver last year, 
no doubt. Adam Thielen, who's been a top 20 wide receiver in the past. So your wide receiver wide receiver core is just as good as it should be. You have that great running back to go along with it, and your offensive line isn't even bad. I no, mean, it isn't. You have a good offensive line. It's just you put the pieces together and a good coaching staff. This is the best offense in the league, but they don't have that coaching staff. But I still think they can get the job done because they didn't lose any pieces on offense besides Kyle Rudolph. But really, that's all they need is that tight end position. And they, they become the best arguably best offense in the league if they put it together. They also did get a steal in the draft. Darisol at the 23rd overall. They did. I don't, I don't know how he dropped down to them, but he did. Darisol, Brian O'Neill, there's your two tackles. Boom. And getting rid of Kyle Rudolph doesn't really affect them because they have Irv Smith, which... He did better than Rudolph these past two years. Exactly. Believe it or not, Earth Smith is a baller. One of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Going on to my number three, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, not too good of a season last year. Especially coming off of an MVP season. I don't think that's what the Ravens needed out of the... Out of the reigning MVP, which he's going to have a bounce back, in my opinion, a really big bounce back. He's going to be in the MVP MVP candidate, um, in my opinion. And then they got a rid of Mark Ingram, which he had a good 2019 season for them. But last year, he played terrible. He played awful for them. And I'm um, and I'm happy that they got a rid of Mark Ingram. Because he's not too good for them. And now they got a dominant uh, duo running backs in Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, which they're probably going to start J.K. Dobbins just because of his season last year and how good he played. But Gus Edwards played really good as well. Um, Then you got to look at their receiver core, and that's their problem. Marquise Brown, I feel like he's... Really good in the slot, but he's not that number one receiver. Um, They did go and get Rashad Bateman, which was a really, really good pickup for them. And they also got a steal in the sixth round. And Tylen Wallace, which I don't think he should have fell to the sixth round, where most analysts said he would. I think that he's a third round, fourth round receiver. I love – go back and look at Tylen Wallace's – uh highlights at Oklahoma State. He was insane. He was a top receiver going into um last college season. And then he had a decent down year because of his quarterbacks that he was working with at Oklahoma State. So I think that Tyler Wallace is going to be a playmaker in the NFL. And then they got a dominant tight end in Mark Andrews. Didn't do too good last year, but the year before he was a Top three tight end, which I think he will do this year as well. Top three tight end. And then their O-line, they did get an Orlando Brown. They picked up Villanueva, which I don't think that's a good pickup for them at all because we all know that the Ravens are a run-heavy team, and Villanueva cannot block 
the run at all, and that's coming from a Steelers fan. That's all I have to say about them. Going on to, I'm going to say my two and one because I'm comparing them. My two is the Chiefs. My one is the Bills. The reason I say this is because let's look at quarterback. Okay, Patrick Mahomes has Josh Allen, but I wouldn't say it's by a long shot. Josh Allen has proven to me that he's an MVP candidate, especially from last year. He he can throw just as good as uh, Mahomes can. It's just his ability to playmake. He's not the your your receivers need to playmake for Allen. Mahomes playmakes for his team. Going on to then the running back, I think Singletary is better than Edwards Hilaire or any of the running backs because Singletary he he, he doesn't get all the big runs, but he gets yards. Especially yes. on a pass-heavy Bills team. Then you have your receivers. You have, okay, you have Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs wins that matchup. Uh, I can't even name who the uh, Chiefs had next. And then you have Cole Beasley. So I'm giving the edge to Nicole the Hardman, receivers. I think, is their number two. Still, I'm giving the edge to Buffalo for wide receivers. Offensive line, yes, I'm giving the edge to the Chiefs. And tight end, I'm giving really? the edge. Oh, Chiefs O-line better than the Bills? Do you remember who they brought in? They brought in Orlando Brown, Kyle Long, and all them. Yeah, but Kyle Long suffered an injury, and he won't be playing this season. Still. Bro, the Bills' offensive line is a top-five offensive line. Last season, there was this clip of Josh Allen. He literally stood there. He wasn't even moving. wasn't even doing that little hop quarterback. And who, who were they playing? Around. Who were they Deion playing? Dawkins, great left tackle. Okay, Moore, but who else do they have? Name their, offense, they name their offensive line right now if they're so top-five. They're – Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, they brought in a new left guard, uh, what's his name? Hmm. I'm sorry, but the Chiefs get it by just a little, because I don't, I don't see that at all. Just by a little. And then tight end, it's a long shot. We both understand that one. Yeah. But I think uh, the Bills are going to get it done for the top off offense just because of that. Just because of the coaching, I think I, – I, I don't like Andy Reid personally. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's a great coach. I, I don't think he's that coach that's going to win them more Super Bowls. I don't know. Um, going on to my, do you have anything else to say? No. Going on to my number two and number one, I have the Bills at number two and the Chiefs at number one. Uh, Bills, great quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, running back, Devin Singletary. 
great rookie season, but he wasn't really productive in his uh, second season last year. But he can get the job done if he has to. He can get the job done. Receiver Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. They did get rid of John Brown to the Raiders. Um, tight end is their weak spot. Dawson Knox. Uh, we're not even going to speak about him. O-line. Top tier O-line. Number three O-line in the league, in my opinion. Their O-line was great last year. Josh Allen was literally standing in the pocket for 10 seconds most of the plays. It was insane. But I want to ask you something. Yeah. Who has the better offensive line? I'm just wondering your opinion on it because you're either really stupid or really smart. Who has the better offensive line, Bills or Browns? Browns. Thank you. Okay. Um, but the I think the Bucks have the best O line. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's all that needs to be said about the Bills and then the Chiefs' best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. They got a really good rookie running back last year, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, productive season for them last year, and they also have Le'Veon Bell at the number two. Uh, which I know he's out of his prime, but he can get the job done on a third and third and three, third and four. Um, receivers, they did get her out of Sammy Watkins, so they basically only have Tyree Kill now. They have like Demarcus Robinson and McCool Hartman, and they did go and get a receiver, Cornell Powell. Um, tight end, uh, one of the best tight ends in the league, Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, the best tight end. Uh, and then their O line is. Gonna be great this season. After seeing the Super Bowl, Andy Reid knew what he had to do and go get an O line, because that Super Bowl was horrendous. With Mahomes, he ran like eight hundred yards just scrambling around because his O line was not blocking. So they went and got Orlando Brown, Kyle Long. Yeah, great. Which Kyle Long suffered an injury, and I don't think he'll be playing this season. I think I heard that. Um. Yeah, and my honorable mention is the Browns. My honorable mention is the Buccaneers. I also see the Chargers having a great offensive year. Same. Um, Going on to defense, number five, I have the Dolphins. Obviously a great defense, but they did lose some piece. I think they lost Kyle Van Noy. Um, I think Van Noy is actually back on the Pats. Correct. When they um when they showed that they're a top tier defense was against the Rams. They played amazing against the Rams. One of the best defensive performances last year. Um yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Tua's first start and their defensive effort and their defensive just all around is the reason why Tua got his a win in his first start. I mean, their offense, I think their defense scored more than their offense that game, honestly. Their defense just played amazing. And then throughout the rest of the season, they just played how they usually played, and they played amazing. Uh, You? So my number five is the Cleveland Browns. <clears throat> because... We didn't lose much. 
and we we gained more than we lost, I should say. We only lost Larry Ogunjobi to uh, Cincinnati, and Carl Joseph, I don't know. Sheldon Richardson, you guys lost as well. He's still a free agent. We can still bring him back. But when you look at our edge rush, hands down, I don't think you can disagree with me. We have the most dominant edge rush in the league if both of our guys play how they should. You can't tell me, okay, TJ Watt may be the better of them, but you can't tell me that uh, Alex Highsmith coming off the edge or whoever you have coming off. uh, No, Highsmith wouldn't be coming off the edge. No, he would because he's taking Bud Dupree's spot. Yeah. You can't tell me Alex Highsmith is going to be better than Jadavian Clowney. Because, hey, you never know because Jadavion Clowney is really on a down right now. Because he was injured. Eh? Really? Not with the Seahawks or the Titans. He wasn't injured. He was injured with the Titans. Okay, but before he got injured, what was he doing? Not a lot, but when you look at it, the Titans have no one. On defense, at least. What is that? That's why I'm saying the Browns, we have a dominant edge rush. We have Denzel Ward. Okay. Uh, The rest of our uh, cornerbacks aren't too great. We got Greg Newsome in the draft. We got uh, Owusu Karamoa or whatever. Yeah. We're going to have a good defense. And, like, I think we'll put the pressure on the quarterback very well, and I think that is what will make us a top team. We'll put the pressure on the quarterback, make him throw it fast, and then him throw it without even kind of caring, just trying to get it out. And that's where we'll exceed at pushing the quarter, like getting pressure on the quarterback. And we've always really been good at stopping the run. I mean, our linebacker crew may not be the best, but they get the job done. And that's why I see the Browns being a top five defense, but number five. Okay. All right. Uh, Number four, I have the Washington football team here. They got what they wanted out of Chase Young, lived up to his potential like he should have. Um, their only weak spot is their linebackers. Their number one linebacker was John Bostic until the draft hit, and they went and got Jamin Davis, which has the potential to be the best linebacker in the draft this year. Um, that's probably their number one linebacker, who's a great linebacker. And then they also have, uh, they're, they're rushing their quarterback to get to the quarterback is insane with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. Um, they still got Ryan Kerrigan, if I'm not wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young are their big three. Their pass rush is so dominant. One of the, maybe the best pass rush in the league. Um, 
And then they got Landon Collins still, who he's hasn't been really productive recently, but he's still a really good safety. You never know what he's gonna do. And then their cornerbacks, they um they got Kendall Fuller, who was pretty decent for them last year. And they went and got another corner. I'm not sure. I know it wasn't AJ Boye, because I think AJ Boye went to the Panthers. They got another corner. I can't think off the top of my head right now. But their secondary is going to be really good. Um, yeah, that's basically all that needs to be said about the Washington football team. For not my uh, number four, I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers lost Bud Dupree um, in the two corners. They don't come to my mind. Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson. Yeah, but we're we're uh, supposed to sign him back. Still, your guys' defense really declined at the second half of the season. Really, in my opinion, they did because y- you weren't as dominant as you were. Because you lost guys to injuries in the second half of the season. But I just can't trust the Steelers to be that top defense again. Just because TJ Watt is your only really key. Let me not let me say your linebackers are the only reason you're in a top five defense. Mm-hmm. Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tui, Tyson Alualu, still good D line doesn't won't. because what I see with the Steelers is if you don't have your top linebackers T.J. Watt and Devin Bush, you don't do much because that's the only reason you're good. You you get the pressure to the quarterback, make him throw bad passes. And that's how you get your interceptions, your, uh, of course, get them to fourth down. You, that's why you have a good defense. You, I, you put I pressure on the quarterback. I think that you're forgetting something very important on defense. Like what? Minka. Exactly. Best safety in the league, possibly. Okay, but Box here's the thing: if you don't get pre- if you don't get pressure to the quarterback, you can't have guys like Minka do much. Because if you can't get pressure to well, the I quarterback, I thought you just said that our D line wasn't too good. I'm talking about T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt brings pressure to the quarterback. Okay, but what if he scrambles out? Cameron Hayward's there. Stephon Tuitt's there. Tyson Lulu's there. Bud Dupree was there last year. Alex Highsmith's going to be there. I'm sorry, but my problem with your defense is if someone underperforms, your whole defense goes to shit. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Going on to my number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great. They Like I said with their offense, they brought back everyone. Great defense. Their linebackers are insane. Devin, uh, Devin White, 
Levante David, they brought back Shaquille Barrett, they brought back, and they have Jason Pierre-Paul, which is old, but he's still a valuable piece to that defense. Um, Their D-line is eh, I guess you could say. Their uh, secondary is really good. Carlton Davis was a great steal in the draft last year for them. Um. I can't think of their other corner off the top of my head, but he played great. Um, they have Jordan Whitehead and uh, Antoine Winfield, great safety duo. Um, Jordan Whitehead very played good uh, last year, which most people were surprised on how good he played. Very played good. Whatever. Antoine uh, Winfield played up to his potential last year. Um, and, yeah, they they brought back everyone somehow, and they're going to have another dominant defensive year. So, for my number three, I have the Washington football team. You kind of summed it up. They don't have anything bad on that defense. Not that they're, they have some greats. But they don't have bads. Yeah. A lot of them are de- decent to good. And that's kind of what's going to win them. They're an all-around defense. They don't excel in anything, and they don't do bad in anything. Yeah, really. I mean, their their defense was the reason that they knocked off the Steelers. Exactly. Um, going on to my number two, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they I know they lost pieces. They lost uh, their defensive coordinator, which was the biggest loss. Um, they lost um, um, Troy Hill, and they lost John Johnson, and they both went to the Browns. Which Troy Hill wasn't a big piece for them. Not a big piece for them. But John Johnson was a pretty big piece for them. But I feel like safety, you can replace a safety very easily in the NFL nowadays. Exactly. That's why I and say Their defensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, one of the best, which is going to hurt them. But the defensive coordinator doesn't do it all. You also got to look at, they have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um... Gordon Ramsey. <laughs> um, they have other pieces that are decent players, not great like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Like they have um, their outside line. Leonard Floyd, he played a big part in that defense last year. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said about the Rams. Yeah. Uh, my number, that was your number two. I'm going on yeah. to my number two. I have the San Francisco 49ers. I think everyone can agree if that defense is healthy, they're the best defense in the league. I think everyone can agree with that. You have Richard Sherman, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and more. I mean, it's just an insane core. And, like, I mean, you saw what they did in 2019 when they, when a lot of them were healthy. 
they showed to be the best defense or one of the best defenses in the league. And with Nick Bosa back with the with everyone healthy, especially like some of their D line pieces, I see them being a top three defense. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they did lose to Forrest Buckner, which was a big loss, but we'll see how they work that out. But that um, was last year, though, too. And they were still a good defense last year as well. Going on to my – I have two honorable mentions. I have the Browns and the 49ers. The Browns and the Dolphins are right around the same, but I'm going to give the edge to the Dolphins just because of how they played last year. The Dolphins last year, they played a lot better than the Browns last year. Their defense, defensive-wise, not offense. And then my other honorable mention is the 49ers, which I think that the Force Muckner was is the reason why I don't have them on my top five. I think that the Force Buckner was their best defensive piece when they went to the Super Bowl. Him and Fred Warner. Okay, Nick Bosa too, but I think that the Force Buckner played better than Bosa. But Bosa is gonna be great coming off that injury, possible comeback player of the year. But that's the reason I don't have them. I don't see Richard Sherman doing that good this year. Fred Warner and Nick Bosa is going to be their two main pieces for sure. Going on to my number one, I have my Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, yeah, we did lose Bud Dupree. We lost Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson. I think that we're going to sign Steven Nelson back, him and Joe Hayden. We went and got a cornerback in the draft, Trey Norwood, which most people said that he was supposed to go in like the fourth, third round. And he fell to the six, right to us. So, steal for us, I guess. Um, D line, we have Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, and we brought, we caught Alu He signed with the Jaguars, and then he came back to us. That is the weirdest sequence. So, yeah, we have them three, and then our line, our outside linebackers, TJ Watt, one of the best defensive players in the league right now. And we got uh, we don't have Bud Dupree anymore, but we do have Alex Highsmith, which when he was playing behind Bud Dupree, he was still causing a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. But when Bud Dupree went down with a torn ACL, and I think it was the Ravens game, Highsmith played his role that he had to play. Um, and then our middle linebackers, we... Brought back Vince. Um, we had we're getting Devin Bush back, uh, which is very very helpful. That whole season last year, we were, we were like the best defense in the league. We didn't have our main middle linebacker Devin Bush, so that's saying something. We brought back Vince Williams, so Devin Bush and Vince Williams, and then we also have Avery Williamson still, which we didn't play him as as much as we should have. I think that we should have played played Avery Williamson a lot more than we had. We we played him. Um, And then we still have Robert Spillane. Our middle linebackers are like three decent and then one great. 
Um, and then our corner, that's our problem on the defense, our corner. If we don't bring back Steven Nelson, we're going to have a big problem at the corner position. Getting rid of Mike Hilton hurt. So we really only have Joe Hayden now. And then our safeties, I mean, yeah, we have Minka, top three safety in the league, and then Terrell Edmonds, who was who played really good last year. And then we also have Marcus Allen. He came in at the Bengals game. And he got a uh, dislocated – I forget what he dislocated. And the, uh, our medical trainer came and popped it back in place. And then he played the whole rest of the game. We did lose that game, which, yeah. But still, that's really impressive. He played safety and linebacker, which he played very great at linebacker because all of the injuries we had last year at the linebacker position. So I'd like to say one thing about uh, you putting the Browns as an honorable mention. Four picks against Ben. That's all I'm saying. Okay, and we didn't really have a good offense last year. Still. Um, I don't see them being better than the Dolphins. For my number one, I have the Rams. I mean, great defense. A, a defensive coordinator, once he puts something together, someone can come in and just do the rest of the work. Uh, of course, it's the defensive coordinator that they had. I forget his name. He came in. Oh, Brandon he, Staley, I think his name was. Yeah. He put it together, and now their new defensive coordinator just has to fill in the pieces almost. Yeah, really. Um, that's all we have to say for defense. Um, moving on to our last talk about the NFL, we have our early award predictions. MVP, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year are the only ones we're doing. I know there's a lot more, but you never know with them ones. Um, starting off, we'll start with Defensive Player of the Year. Actually, we'll start with Comeback Player of the Year. Um, I'll go first here. I have it between two people, really. And I have between Saquon Barkley and Dak Prescott. And I have Saquon winning this award. Um, sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Um, I actually have the one you said besides Saquon, uh, Dak Prescott. <clears throat> because... I don't see Saquon Bark. Of course, he's going to be in there. He's going to do good. But I don't see him doing better than they would say for Dak to win it. Because Dak's a quarterback. And a quarterback is always going to, you know what I mean? They're always going to be higher rated than the running backs. And that's yeah. why I think he'll win it. I think that Saquon will be deserving of it. Almost like the TJY Aaron Donald situation last year. But since I think they'll kind of like screw Saquon Barkley to not win it. Yeah, uh, I honestly, if he doesn't get screwed, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Dak wins it. To be honest. Uh, moving on, we'll go with Coach of the Year. I have a surprise, so I'll let you go first. Oh gosh, um, 
I have Sean uh, Sean McDermott from the yeah. uh, Bills. He's the Bills coach. Um, I thought I it was between. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. No, I, you go. I have it between three coaches, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of them win. I have it between Sean McDermott. Yeah. Sean McVay. If and Cliff Kingsbury, and I have Cliff Kingsbury. I know, I know. He's a he hasn't been a good coach for the Cardinals. And I know if there's a Cardinals fan listening to this, you're going to be super mad. But listen here. Listen here. The pieces that he has on that team, he they can – they're going to be a playoff team. And I think that they could possibly go to the NFC Championship game. The Overall, as a coach, he's decent. But – like I said, with the pieces, they're going to overlook him. And they're going to say, oh, what a comeback for the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury really led them. And Cliff Kingsbury's going to get the award. Now, that's how I feel. Like, that's who I think's going to win. But who I feel, like, should win, it's between Sean McVay um, Sean McDermott and Andy Reid, like I said, and I think that Sean McDermott should win it just because of how he rebuilt that team and how he progressed Josh Allen last season and how he brought in pieces like Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. And if he gets a tight end this season and progresses them very well and they have a elite tight end or good tight end this year, that, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it. But I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get the edge. See, I think uh, Sean McDermott will win it because just based off the fact I think the Bills will go to the Super Bowl, I think that's what will do it. Okay. But if the Bills do not go to the Super Bowl, I see. Uh, hold on. Uh, Brandon Staley winning it. Okay. Because he has a good team in Los Angeles. So I mean. He had he. The Chargers are gonna do good. Yeah, they. The, he's still playing in Los. He's still coaching in Los Angeles. Although it's the Chargers rather than the Rams, I'm just stating that. But he has a good team, in a team that was bad last year, and a team that I think will be good this year. That's as simple as it gets. Like like what Coach Stefanski did. He didn't do anything different than what he did in uh, Minnesota with Dalvin Cook and him being the offensive coordinator. Yeah. 
I think it'll be one of those situations where he he's just putting the pieces together. All the pieces are there. He's just left to put them together. For sure, yeah. If he does win it, not a big not a big surprise, but a decently surprise just because of his first year going into the uh, a new offense and defense and well, the same thing happened with Coach Stefanski. So it's like anything can happen, and that's what I see happening. Um, moving on, we'll do offensive, uh, defensive player of the year for the U.S. So for my defensive player of the year, <clears throat> this is hard. You know, because, like, there's so much you can say. Yeah. There's so many good players. But I think I have a decent surprise. I, uh, I don't know. You know what? Let's wing it. Let's wing it. I'll give it. <clears throat> I'll give it to, uh, sorry, I'll give it to TJ Watt. He got robbed of it last year, and if he plays anything like he did last year, he'll win it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah, um, that's who I have. And it might seem like I'm being a little biased in this. Well, it's, it might seem like I'm being a lot um very biased in this video in this podcast episode because you kind of are i have tj watt as well which you basically summed it up um he got robbed last year and if he plays like he did last year or any if even less than he did i still feel like he deserves it depending on how other defensive players play, and I think that TJ Watt will be the best um, defensive player again. So, and I have another take. I think this is biased, though. I have Jadavian Clowney for a reason. For though. defensive player of the year? For a reason. I'm not saying he'll win it. I, I think he'll be in the running, though. For give me, Let me explain. You have your edge rush of Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. A team's got to pick who they're going to put. You know what I mean? A team's got to pick who they want to guard more, Jadavian Clowney or Miles Garrett. And you're going to see teams protect against Miles Garrett, and then Jadavian Clowney's going to come in and do the work that Miles Garrett would do. I don't think he'll be top three. I don't think he'll be top five. But I think he's going to be a very good defensive player, and I just wanted to point it out. Wow. Okay. Um, that's it for the NFL side. Of th- Wait, MVP, I'm sorry. Gee, that is like, huh? MVP, I'm sorry. Um, I have Josh Baker Allen. Mayfield. <laughs> I have Josh Allen. I have him winning MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Um, well, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, Josh Allen is just – 
such a good player. He doesn't have any downside besides the fumbling. And I, I'm sure he'll work on that this summer. And, I mean, everything is in his favor. And it's just, is he going to be the one to do it? Everything is in his favor, and he, in my opinion, will get it done. He has a very productive O-line, and he has very good weapons to throw it to, other than Dawson Knox. But Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley makes up for that not-too-good tight end. That, or I have another surprising one that I could see. Taysom Hill. Bro, come on. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Oh, come on now. No, I'm dead serious. What you got to look at is Taysom Hill will be the starting quarterback. We know that. Okay? On a dominant team, not going to be too great, but they're still going to make the playoffs. There is no way they make the playoffs. The Saints? You kidding me? No way they make the playoffs. They make it as a wild card. Yeah, obviously they're not getting the one seed. No. They get the seven seed at nine and eight. Ooh. I don't see that. The reason I say that is, hear me out. Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, but he's also... Exactly. Taysom Hill is not a starting quarterback. He's not a quarterback in general. What? Let me continue. He's going to be the starting quarterback, but he's also going to be that athletic ath- athlete or whatever you want to call it position, and he's going to do it more than he did it last year. And why I say that is he's not going to be – he's not my candidate to win it. He's not my candidate to finish top three. But I very well think he can finish in the top 10 running just because of the pure fact he's a quarterback that can run, he can pass, he can catch, he can do it all. And my thing is, I'm saying that because when you when you go to look at stats, for MVP, quarterbacks are favored by a mile. So he's going to have the quarterback stats and he's going to have the running and the catching stats. Receiving stats, I should have said. So that's why I say he's going to finish top 10 just for that pure fact. Wow, I'm amazed on that. And you said something about him playing the athletic position more. Yeah. Why would he play it more if he's going to be the starting quarterback? Because they have Jameis Winston. But so, if he starts at quarterback, we're not going to see him play that athletic position that much anymore. Because what's going to no, what's going to happen is on regular plays he's going to be the quarterback. But you're going to see him on these plays where it's going to be trick plays and he's going to still play what because you don't have Drew Brees anymore. That's my thing. Yeah. So, so you have to base your team around Taysom Hill now. Base, and that's, that's why I think that they don't put him at the athletic position that much anymore. Unless they start Jameis Winston. And they're smart. I think that they should start Jameis Winston. 
and keep on playing Taysom Hill at that athletic position. If they start Taysom Hill, I don't see him playing that athletic position that much anymore. I still do because I think now that Drew Brees is gone, they're going to center their how they build their team around Taysom Hill. I think they're because he's going to be what they want to do now. He's going to be their option. He's going to be who they want to use now. And I think they're going to center their how they coach, how they build their team, and I think they'll center it around Taysom Hill so everything will be in his favor. That's what I'm thinking here. I don't know. Saints are going to be an interesting team to watch this season. They will be. All right, that's it for the NFL side of things. Uh, now moving on to the NBA. What is up, everyone? We are now starting the NBA side of things. Um, first thing we are going to talk about is the new triple-double king, Russell Westbrook passing the big O. Yeah. Uh, I guess we have a new Mr. Triple-double, I guess. I mean, 182 triple-doubles. Like, and then people go and say how Russell Westbrook isn't even top 10. Like, Russell Westbrook will go down as a top 10 point guard of all time. And he's one of the best point guards right now. He's underappreciated for what he does for the Wizards. And... Yes, he may not be the best at shooting. He may not be the best at other things, but he is Mr. Triple-Double now, and you have to accept that now. Yeah, and um, while we're talking about Russell Westbrook, he is he has also moved up to number 12 on the assist leaderboard. Um, Obviously, very, very underrated point guard. Um. Passing the big O is a big, big. Oscar Robertson is a top five point guard of all time, probably top three. I mean, if you're not impressed by Russell Westbrook doing these type of things and achieving these type of accomplishments, I don't know. Something's wrong with you because. Russell Westbrook will go down as a top 10 point guard of all time, like Mason said. And he honestly probably already is a top 10 point guard of all time. And moving up to number 12 on the assist leaderboards, I mean, he's a scorer. He can pass, he can score, he can rebound. That's why he's now the triple-double king. But I think the best part of his game is his passing. Do you see him making these amazing passes when he was on the uh, um, Thunder when Kevin Durant and James Harden left? He really had no one. Hey, now. Hey, now. Steven Adams is someone. Yeah, but what I'm saying here is he he made people look good. Mm-hmm. He 
made now Steven Adams is on a different team. What has he done for the Pelicans this year? Nothing, because he doesn't have that big playmaker like he had in OKC in Russell Westbrook. He has no one to set him up on. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But Russell Westbrook is going to be top five point guard of all time. Mark my words. And before we head into our next part, I just saw something here. Ben Wallace reportedly is getting honored to the Hall of Fame in 2021. Yeah, and speaking, we'll get on to the Hall of Fame later, but going on to next, we are going to talk about Jalen Brown's injury. Um, Would you like to start? You go ahead and start. Okay, so obviously now the Celtics are done. Um, one of the top contenders to make the finals before before the big three happened in Brooklyn. I had them going to the finals before I knew that James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin, and all of them were going to team up. But they had a very disappointing season. And I thought that even with them having a disappointing season, they could do good in the playoffs. Um, but now that Jalen Brown's injured, they ta- they have Tatum in a very disappointing season from Kemba Walker, which they- they're not going to get the job done in the um, playoffs. And I think that they're going to be a first-round exit. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I want to look here at the NBA standings because I think – I think Boston's the seventh seed. Seven? Oh, gosh. Okay. See, I was going to say my Knicks could possibly play the Celtics, but not anymore. But the Celtics are, as you said, they are down horribly bad. They could possibly, I think it's still a chance drop out of the if they lose the, all of their next games they're dropping out of the playoffs they're in the play-in tournament i'm pretty sure which we'll talk about later <clears throat> so this is going to be a predicament for the Celtics because it's going to be very hard for them to uh do anything without Jalen Brown. He was their key to success this year. If he didn't step up, they weren't going to do good. Now, I'm not 100% sure how the play-in tournament is going to work. We'll talk about that later. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, right now, it's looking like in the play-in tournament, right now, Boston would be playing Charlotte, and I have Charlotte winning that match nine times out of ten. Um, one more thing I want to say. I hope this doesn't, like, affect Jalen Brown's rest of his career. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be terrible. 
Yeah. Um, I really don't want to, because Jalen Brown is a potential top, maybe he is a top five shooting guard in the league. He is, actually. Yeah, he is. He's an all-star. He's a, he's a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. If he keeps playing like he does, and, and he, I think he'll have to go to a different team to become a Hall of Famer. Unless Jason Tate, he, he can be, he could go to a different team and be that best player, that number one player to uh, be stopped. Because right now he's on the Celtics, and he's that number three guy, believe it or not. Uh, Jason Tatum's number one, and I think that Kemba is actually number two. Because Kemba, the beginning and the middle of the season, he played terrible. At the end of the season lately, he has been being he has been very productive for the Celtics. Yeah. Um that's it for that. I mean, yeah, I just hope it doesn't ruin the rest of his career. Um moving on to the play in tournament. We'll do that at like the end. Um okay. we'll go and look at Rajon Rondo becoming the 14th um on the assist leaderboard. Yeah, I mean, that's Rondo's strong point for his entire career. I mean, you never saw Rondo uh, getting buckets, dropping three-pointers. He's always been passing. It's every every season of his career, that's what he's been known for. He's always been that passer who's going to get guys the ball. He's, I mean, he's a great passer. An amazing playmaker, and congrats to him is all I can say. Yeah, we all see that, saw this coming. Being a top five, top fifteen on the assist leaderboard, like you said, you basically summed it up. His whole career, even when he was in his prime with the Celtics, um, his whole career he's been the. One to pass the ball and make them flashy assists. Them um going for them fifteen twenty assists a game. Like <clears throat> one of the best playmakers the NBA has seen recently. Uh there's really not much other than you can say. He's just a a great playmaker and he's been very productive for Almost every team he played for, except for like the Lakers and the Clippers later in his careers. In his career. Um Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with the uh Clippers right now, he's been a very solid playmaker for them. Yeah. Um, moving on, I'm gonna let you go first because the Knicks making the playoffs. Let's go, baby. Uh, I think everyone saw it coming as soon as the season started. Like, the first 10 games, I think people saw it coming. The Knicks are, the, in my opinion, the most balanced team. Maybe besides the Utah Jazz, we have to be one of the most balanced teams. We don't have a bad position. R.J. Barrett stepped up. R.J. Barrett, he's been looking like 
one of the best rookies from his draft class, which, in my opinion, he should be, and he probably is the third best rookie behind John Morant and Zion, which he's been, in my opinion, looking better than John Morant. We whoa, have... whoa, now you're getting ahead of yourself. Look. The only reason the Grizzlies are good and possibly going to have a playoff spot is because of John Morant. I agree, but... <clears throat> Yeah, I think I got a little bit ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I don't watch the Grizzlies a lot, so. I love the Grizzlies. They're one of my favorite teams. But Julius Randle, all-star. He's top top five power forward this year. Christian, you can't disagree no with that. It. No doubt about it, yeah. Um, He's been looking amazing. Derek Rose, and up here there. Yeah. Uh, you have Mitchell Robinson, who's been injured pretty much the entire season. Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson stepping up in his position. I haven't really liked Taj Gibson this year, but Nerlens Noel has very stepped up this season. Exactly. And then another thing, Reggie Bullock. He is our key to success. He's he's playing our small forward. He's locked guys down this year. He has locked down Tatum. Yep. He's locked down other uh, anyone he goes up against. He's locked down. He has an opponent average of twelve point five points a game. From my knowledge, at least at some point over the past like month or so, it was twelve point five or something. And um, oh wait, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not done, huh? Alfred Payton, he's been a good passer this year. You have – the team is just so solid, especially with our coaching staff. I I have to say we advance to round two, especially if we're taking on Atlanta. Um, Yeah, I mean, you basically summed it up. Um, I know you're a Knicks fan, and they're one of my favorite – teams, but my favorite team is obviously the Cavs, but Knicks, I'm so happy because you love to see the Knicks and the Hornets be good. Yeah. It's so, they're so interesting to watch this season. Um, Yeah. With you talking about R.J. Barrett, you said he's the third best in the draft class. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no. No. Um, John Morant, Zion, and Kevin Porter Jr. have been better than him this year. Um, But moving on to Julius Randle, he's a top three power forward. Him, Giannis, and I'm going to put him over Zion this year. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Zion hasn't been that productive for the Pelicans, to be honest. No, 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 no. He's been productive. It's just his team's not productive. I haven't really heard anything flashy or anything. Oh, yeah. Zion's been been a freak this year. Uh, Have you watched him yet? No, I haven't been. I I haven't watched a lot of Pelicans this year. I've been watching a lot of Knicks, Hornets, Cavs, and Grizzlies. Yeah, he's been a freak, bro. Like, his average and stuff may not look like it, 
but he's a freak of nature. In my game. my opinion, I think Brandon Ingram's better than him. Oh my God! Shut up. I I do. I think Brandon Ingram has been better than Zion. Career wise, um, yes. This year, oh, no. Obviously, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean Reggie Bullock, like you said, he's locked down everyone, and he has been a decent playmaker. Believe it or not. When I have been watching the Knicks, the um passes he has been making and the way he has been getting people open has been insane to me. And like you said, um Mitchell Robinson, he has been injured most of the year. But when he wasn't injured, he's had a good game. Yeah. And Nerlings Noel, I haven't liked Todd Gibson this year, but Nerlings Noel very underrated center. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Derek Rose surprising season and rookie of the year candidate. Um. Emmanuel quickly. Yes, I forgot. Very that. surprising season from him. I I have not. I did not see this coming from him. Yeah. And I think bad season for Obi Toppin, but he's gonna turn it around next year. Yeah, I think he just – he doesn't have – I think you give him that experience. Uh, I think he's just on a team where we're too stacked at his position. Yeah. Like, we're set at power forward, and we kind of drafted him not looking to what we, what we were doing this year. And it was kind of like – he was kind of like uh, – we got him, kind of like a drafting stash, but not really. Yeah, I mean, he really hasn't lived up to what he should have been with the number six pick. Um, but Manuel quickly, whew, he's been more of a number six pick than Obi Toppin. But I do think Obi Toppin will turn it around next year. Anything else to say? No, I mean the coaching's been amazing. Yeah. Nothing's been bad and we've seen like near 50 point games from Julius Randle. Like this is the reason we're winning. We have good team chemistry and our teams working like a team. It's not get the ball and I I score it. It's we're playing like real basketball. Yeah. Um Moving on to our next segment, we're going to talk about Dwight Howard moves into the top 10 for double-doubles. Um, I'm actually surprised here. I, I'm i actually surprised here. i seen him getting top 20, but I did not see him getting top 10 because, of course, dominant with the Magic, and he was pretty decent for the Lakers, but when I heard that he was moving on to the Sixers, I literally said to myself, and I thought it in my head, Dwight Howard's now not going to get top 10 in double-doubles, and he proved me wrong and got top 10 in double-doubles. I think the reason he got this was mostly because of Joel Embiid's injury and how he had to step in for him. If Joel Embiid stayed healthy... I think that he wouldn't have got top top ten in double doubles. So my thing is that's part of it, 
But a double-double isn't necessarily too... I don't want to... For a center, it's not necessarily too hard to get. You've seen bench players get double... You've seen bench centers get double-doubles before. Yeah. My thing was seeing him bounce back because when he was... After, like, 2013, I thought he was just... You know what I mean? He wasn't productive anymore. And now seeing him to be a backup center, he's still, like, he's still going to get double-doubles. We've seen centers that are backup centers average double-doubles before. I mean, that's five baskets and ten rebounds. It's not – if they're playing 15 to 20 minutes a game, they're going to get a double-double. Yeah. So it's more – Dwight Howard just doing center things. It's not really him. It's it's just him being a backup center and doing good. Yeah, but I I still think if Joel, yeah, you're totally right with like it's not hard to get a double double for a center. But when he went to the Sixers, I didn't think he was gonna get top ten because I knew he was super close to it. Because that's a damn Joel Embiid. I don't think he's going to get the double-double. But Joel Embiid got injured, and Dwight Howard stepped in in a very good way, and he proved me wrong. Um, I also want to say he um, got – he's close to moving into the top 10 for rebounds. He is number 11 on the rebound leaderboard. How far is he away? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he just got number 11 like a week ago. So, Because he's still got years left in him, you know? Yeah, I don't think – I think he has like three years left in him. How old is he now, 33? 37. 35, 35, I think. I'm not sure. I don't – I think – I don't think he's 33. 35, you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's got a good solid four years left in him. He's Dwight Howard. He, he yeah, always I do. the odds. I do think that he will get top 10 in the rebound leaderboard for sure. He has three no years left in him, and he, he, I'm sure he wants to do it. My thing is, like, if you're good at – if you're a rebounding center – you're gonna get a double double. You know what I mean? You're gonna yes. if you're a good rebounding center, we've seen guys like Clint Capella, great rebounding centers, yeah, average double doubles just because rebounding's just so at ease for them that all they need to do really is get points and they have their double double. Yeah, but I think that he could possibly get number eight or number nine on the rebound list. He is a amazing, when I say amazing, I mean amazing rebounder. Rebounding and blocking is his two main statistics that he's always been on the top of. I think that his best is honestly rebounding. Most people say might say blocks. Most people might say rebounds. You never know. But I think that it's a, Rebounds for sure. He is a so, dominant, dominant, dominant rebounder. He will get top ten. He Sorry. will get top ten. If he averages 
in the next 20 games, if he averages 10 rebounds, he, he's already got 10. He's only... He needs, he needs 23 more. Oh, no. On my list here, it says he needs 200 to get 10. Hmm. I don't know if um, mine's a little outdated. Mine's on ESPN. Oh, it is 200. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at double-doubles. So he only needs, uh, he only needs not... 23 more double-doubles to be in the uh, top 10. Yeah. I could honestly see him getting top five. I could see him breaking 16,000. Just me? I could see him breaking 16,000 if he plays three to four more normal seasons. But that's if he makes the playoffs every year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he is on a very good team. I think he will. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because if because these guys on top, like Bill Russell, he, he probably got, what, three, 4,000 of his rebounds in the playoffs? If he was never in the playoffs, he wouldn't have had that many rebounds. Yeah. So it's like. That matters, too, because playoff games will count. Dwight Howard is one of the best centers of all time when he was on the Magic. Oh, yeah. He was insane on the Magic. Then I I forget who he went to. I think it was the Rockets. He was pretty good on the Rockets as well. He felt really fell off when he went to the Lakers. Yeah. That's, that's when he started getting old. I think he joined the Lakers at 30, and yeah. No, he jo- no, he joined the Lakers before the Rockets. No, well, he went back to the Lakers. No, from 2004 to 2012 he was on the Magic. 2012 to 2013 he was on the Lakers. Yeah, I'm talking about when he went back to the Lakers. Okay, yeah, last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he had a he wasn't too good on the Lakers at all. Like any time he was on the Lakers, mm-hmm. he was pretty good. He was underrated when he was on the Rockets, and we all know that he was very very dominant for the uh, Magic, one of the best centers of all time. Um, moving on to the playoffs. Um, would you like to speak first? Yeah, actually, I want to talk about the play-in tournament. Okay, we can talk about that. I find it very odd, to be honest. Like, I understand, like, you have these close teams in the East where three of four top, the play, play-in tournament teams have th- are 33 and 38. The Hornets, the Wizards, and the Pacers are all 33 and 38. I see it in that circumstance, but when I'm looking to the future in this, I'm seeing, okay, look, you're going to have your 8 seed be like, say, 36 wins or something. And then, well, let's look at normally. So you'll say our 8 seed has 39 wins, your 9 seed has 36. Your 10 seed has 35, and then that 10 seed could be, like, anything. You know what I mean? There there could be a team that gets into the playoffs with, like, a horrible record. You know, not horrible, but you know what I mean? A record that shouldn't get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure 
for the Eastern Conference, the play-in tournament is between Boston, Hornets, uh, the Wizards, and the Pacers. Yeah. See, the Bulls close. just got eliminated last night. Yeah. Um, For the Western, I'm not sure. I think The 7-8 and eight game is L- L.A. Lakers and Warriors, and then the 9-10 and 10 is Memphis and San Antonio. I see Memphis beating San Antonio, and now LeBron's return. That is going to be a banger match between There's... the Warriors and the Lakers, and I got the Lakers. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry I got the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're gonna talk about like playoff playoffs, like the people that are already in, like the uh mm-hmm. the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the yeah. Mavericks, and the Trailblazers. And then, so let's start off with the East. Should we make predictions? Yeah, we can do predictions right now. Um, so. All right, let's start in the East. Let's start in the East. Let's start with the play-in tournament. Like, who Mm -hmm. we think is going to – okay, so for Boston versus Charlotte, I got the Celtics in this one. Oh, okay. I have Charlotte taking the seven seed and going to get face Brooklyn. I have the Celtics winning that, and then I have the Wizards winning. Okay, so then – I think we should, like, hold on. Let me look up if there's, like, an NBA playoff predictor. Mm, Okay, here we go. So, who do you think is going to win between the Wizards and the Pacers? Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Um, I'm trying to find, like, a... uh, You know what I mean? Like a predictor thing here? Yeah. So I have the Celtics beating the Hornets and the Wizards beating the Pacers. And then I have the Wizards versus... It's going to be the Wizards versus the Sixers. And that's going to be a a good series. I have the Wizards getting two games on them. But I do think that the uh, Sixers win in a game six. Okay, um, I think I may have. Then we have the Nets versus the Celtics, and I have the Nets winning in five games. I have the Celtics getting one one game on them. Okay, so for my playoffs, I have so Charlotte's taking the Charlotte will be taking the seven seed, and then Washington will beat Indiana. And then Washington will go take the eight seed against Philly. Yeah. Then we'll we'll start with the one and eight. I have uh, Philadelphia beating Washington in six games. I have Philadelphia beating Washington in six games as well. And then for my four and five with the Knicks, I have the Knicks taking a gentleman sweep over the Hawks because the the Knicks have played the Hawks, I think, four times this year and lost once. I have the Knicks winning in a game seven. Oh, okay. It's, it, it'll, it'll be close, but I think they'll take a gentleman sweep. Then we have Milwaukee versus Miami. My, I'm sorry, Miami. You're not doing another Cinderella story. 
Uh, Milwaukee sweeps them. I have the Bucks winning. Actually, no. I have the Bucks winning in six. Okay. I'll have the Bucks winning in. And then I have the Brooklyn Nets versus the Charlotte Hornets. You'll have Boston against Brooklyn. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, so then for for that matchup, I have the uh, Brooklyn, excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets winning that in five. I have the Brooklyn Nets sweeping. Okay, okay. I see it. If if the big three are all playing together, I have them sweeping. If not, I I'll have it in five. So now I just want to do the whole east and then the whole west. Yeah, we can do that. So then I then it's. I think we had all the same predictions for winners in round one, not yeah. the play-in, though. Yeah. But I have I have against the Knicks and the Sixers. Unbiasedly, I think the Knicks can win it if they really want to. Obviously, they want to, so you have the Knicks. I have the Knicks in seven. I have the Sixers in six. Okay. Yeah, we've had troubles with the uh, Sixers in the past, and I think that's gonna that's what's gonna kind of give us the edge. We've had troubles with the Sixers, and I think the Sixers will get hit with an injury in the playoffs. So, and then we have the Nets versus the Bucks. I have the Nets in six. I have the Nets in five. Okay. Then for the Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Nets in six beating the Knicks. I have the Nets in seven. Against two, the Sixers. Yeah. Okay. And then for the East, my for the play in tournament, the nine and ten. Uh Memphis will win that for the nine and ten. Uh-huh. Same. I have them. And then Los Angeles will win for the... Yeah, that's what I have. But then we have the winner of 9 and 10 versus the loser of uh, 7 and 8. I have Golden State beating Memphis. I'm sorry, that Golden State team's too good to lose to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, same. I have them. So we have the exact same playoffs here. Wait. So the Lakers will move into the 7th seed, right? Yeah, and then... Uh, Golden State will move into the eighth. No, the Grizzlies will move into the eighth because they beat the. Uh, no, that's not first. how the play-in tournament works. Then we have to redo the East. Because what happens is in the play-in tournament, the the winner of the nine and ten plays the loser of the seven and eight. So do we have to redo the? Uh, I did it that way. For mine. So, wait. Who would you have? Would you have Charlotte or Washington? Washington. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're fine. So, who would you have? Memphis or Golden State? Uh, Golden State. Okay, then we have the exact same bracket. For Utah and Golden State, I have Utah winning it in six. I have Golden State winning it in six. 
Okay. Uh, for the four and five, which would be Los Angeles Clippers versus Dallas Mavericks, I have the Clippers sweeping the Mavs. I have the Clippers in six as well. Actually, Clippers in five. Okay. For Denver and Portland, uh, Jokic has been uh, not looking like an MVP candidate. He's made some arguable plays for his team. He's almost been looking lazy on the court. So that's why I'm saying Portland in seven. I'm the, I have uh, I have the Nuggets in seven. Yeah, I do. I see. Uh, I don't see it coming down to a buzzer beater situation. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Phoenix and Los Angeles. I-, I can't side against Phoenix. I have Phoenix in seven. I have Los Angeles in six. Okay. Then we have Utah in the – who? wait, you have the Nets in your finals, right? Yeah. Okay. Then we have Utah and the Clippers. I have Utah winning it in six. I have Golden State versus the Clippers, and I have the Clippers winning in five. Okay, and then we have, for me, I have Portland versus Phoenix. I have Phoenix uh, knocking out Portland. We both have different here. We have, uh, I have the Lakers versus the Nuggets, and I have the Lakers in sixth. And then that means I would have Utah versus Phoenix in my finals. And I have Phoenix winning just because of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That team just looks very strong guard-wise. And I think that's what destroys uh, Utah. And I have Phoenix in five against Utah. So I have the Lakers versus Clippers, if I'm not wrong. And I have the Lakers in five. Okay, that means Lakers versus Nets for you. Suns versus Nets for me. I have the Nets in six. I have the Lakers in six. I just can't see the Lakers going back-to-back. That's my thing. I can easily see them going back-to-back. I don't know about that one, but I have the Nets. You have the Lakers. One thing I would like to do. Um, who do we think is going to win the lottery? Ooh. I think that the Rockets will get the first and the Pistons will get the second. And then I see, uh, what's it called? OKC getting third. And then I do see uh, Cleveland getting fourth. And then the Magic getting fifth. What well, we'll um, do top five? I don't do... Does Detroit have their draft pick? Yeah. I thought... For some reason, I thought they traded it away uh, a few years ago. No, they still have it. Okay. Uh, well, I have, uh, sorry, hold on. So, I have it going Houston, Detroit, OKC, Cleveland, then Orlando. I'll just do my top five. I have Orlando winning the lottery. Ooh. Okay. 
They're only one game worse than the they're one game better than the Pistons. And I think that gives them because they're not they're not dead last. You don't want to be dead last in the NBA, I found out. But you also don't want to be high up in the lottery. So that's why I'm saying Orlando will win the lottery. Then I have the Rockets, then the Thunder, then the Timberwolves, and then the Cavs. I have the Pistons sitting at six. I feel they get very unlucky just because they're the Pistons. I feel like the Bulls and the Cavs get the most unluckiest. Mm, I don't know. And then the Pistons. Um, last thing we're gonna do is our awards. Um, we'll start with six man. Um, I have Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I think both of us do. Yeah, I mean, Joe Ingles could win it. I don't. I'm pretty sure they have Clarkson at the six man though. It's well, six, sixth Ingles. man isn't really sixth man. It's more bench player of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It can be. I've Jordan Clarkson. He's been very, very dominant. Yeah, I'd like to go to most improved player now. All right. I have Kevin Porter Jr. I have Julius Randle. I have Kevin Porter Jr. Just because Julius Randle. He was still decent last year. You know what I mean? Uh, no. I wa- I watched the Knicks. I'm the one who watches the Knicks. I know, but I watch the Knicks as well. He wasn't... I watch NBA in general. He wasn't bad last year. Like, he was, he was decent. I'd say decent. Like, he wasn't special. Kevin Porter was just... I don't, I don't know, but, like, he was just missing something last year. That's why I have Kevin Porter, because he's almost the reason why the Rockets are even winning games, even though they're really not winning games. Yeah, he just dropped 50. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's the reason that the Rockets are doing better, better than people thought they'd do. Yeah. Um, we could go on to coach of the year, and I have Monty Williams, the Suns coach. Yeah, I have Monty Williams. That or Steve Nash, but um, I think Monty will. I think if the Nets, I I think if they did it after the playoffs, if they announced awards after the playoffs, then it would go to Steve Nash. But I think Monty Williams will get it just due to Yeah, um my top three is Monty Williams, Steve Nash, and uh, Nate McMillan, the Hawks coach. The Hawks were terrible last year. They had a lottery pick and now they're the fourth best team in the East. That's <laughs> impressive. Fifth. Fifth. Um fifth. The Knicks are technically the higher seed, even though they're tied for records. Um, five seed. I'm sorry. So big of a difference. Um, it is because I'm a Knicks fan. Um, I could honestly see Nate McMillan getting it. Um, more than Monty Williams, 
just the way he improved the Hawks team. Moving on to good. I don't know about that. I have Monty Williams winning it, but going on to defensive player of the year, I have Miles Turner. Um leads the league in blocks and he has been leading the league in blocks for a little while now. Um Yeah, I mean there's not really much you could say. I uh, think great defensive player. So I think Turner have has a chance to win it. I think he'll win it, but I think the person who's more deserving of it is Bam Adebayo. Oh, come on. He, he does that productive. He does everything on defense is my thing. Like he doesn't just block, you know what I mean? What else does he do? He defends the paint. He can he can perimeter. He can perimeter D. Yeah. He can he can uh, defend the perimeter. Can't really defend the perimeter. If you put him on like a athletic center, he's done for. Unless they go in the paint. I think that Miles Turner is more diver- deserving of this award than anyone. He's been getting robbed. Last year he got robbed. I just don't know. I just feel like that Miles Turner really does deserve this award. Going on to Rookie of the Year, I have Anthony Edwards, and that's only because of LaMelo Ball's injury. Um... I have Anthony Edwards, too, but I think there's other guys who have a chance to win it quickly, but I don't think he'll win it. Uh, Halliburton, but I don't think he'll win it. Because Anthony Edwards right now is the only reason the Timberwolves are sitting at 13 and not 15. Um, Cap, Tower Anthony Towns. But... You're not wrong, but they're both the reason, almost. Yeah, I mean, I wish D'Angelo Russell could actually do something because D'Angelo Russell is a good point guard in this in the NBA. I feel like that the Timberwolves could honestly get uh, trade could trade D'Angelo Russell for a better point guard because D'Angelo Russell still has potential to be good. It's just these two past years he's been battling injuries and when he's been off of the injuries, he hasn't been doing that good. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't turn it around this next year coming up, then they have to get a. They have to trade him. They have to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Then going on to MVP, I have Jokic. Harden. I think Harden's more deserving of it. He. Everybody thought this Nets team wouldn't do as good as they did until they brought in Harden. 
Harden's been a key component for why the Nets are winning games. Yeah, obviously. I mean, Kevin Durant. Well, with, without without Harden, would the Nets be sitting at two right? Excuse me, two right now? I don't think so. Possibly not. Possibly. And Harden's been a triple double guy. He's got a good amount of those. He's. I forget his average. I know it's like forty right now. Yeah, he's really stepped up his defensive game. Very. And, yes. He's been rebounding the ball very well. Right now, he is averaging... Um, hold on, sorry. There's no way he's averaging 25 points a game. Oh, he cost, yeah, for sure he's averaging 25 points a game. What do you think? I know, I'm, I'm saying there's no way he's averaging. He's supposed to be averaging. I, I, I thought he was averaging more than that. Um, what do you think he should, what do you think he's averaging? I thought it was like 35 or something. No. No way. Curry's the uh, leader right now, and he has, he's averaging 31. Oh. But he's been playing good is the thing. He stepped up his game from last year, A. B, he's been looking better than ever besides his, like, prime and uh, – Okay, uh, OKC, yeah, in uh, Houston, and really, he's looking like the m- better MVP candidate than Jokic. Yeah, um, I could see it, but I can't see it at the same time. Jokic is the only reason the Nuggets are sitting at the three seed right now. Jokic, Jokic has been holding it down for the Nuggets since Jamal Murray has got injured. Don't get me wrong, Fikunde Compazzo has been playing very, very well at the point guard position, but Jokic, if Jokic was injured or not has been playing at MVP potential, they'd be sitting at like the sixth seed, fifth seed. Um, They're holding a spot over the Clippers. Over the the Trailblazers, the I can't think of the fifth seed right now for some reason. But yeah, I mean, um, holding a spot over the uh, Mavericks as well. Fifth seed. Nikola Jokic is the Mavericks. The Mavericks are the fifth seed. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Mavericks, like, they could be the three seed right now. If Jokic hasn't been playing like he is, like an MVP should be playing, then the Mavericks or the Clippers or some other team would be there. But Jokic been playing great. 
if Jokic doesn't win it, then he's definitely definitely number two. Yeah. Um. That's really all. I mean, no really other big news for the NBA recently. Yeah. Biggest news is Russell Westbrook. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it for this podcast episode. If you made it this far, thanks for listening, and we'll see. We'll see you in the next episode.